if Scenic Run Mile Extravaganza isn't on your calendar, it needs to be. On June 4th, runners from all over the region will travel to Cushman Field in Grand Forks to race the mile. Whether you are coming to spectate or to participate, we're really excited to be bringing this event back once again. The night will consist of a community race, followed by a few competitive heats. The night will then conclude with our elite field featuring some of the fastest milers in the region. Over the years, this event has grown because of the awesome atmosphere and the fact that records always seem to get broken. The goal has always been to run the fastest miles on North Dakota soil, and that's the goal again this year. If you want to sign up or follow along with the fun, follow at SDR Mile on Instagram or head to Cedic Run's social media accounts. You can also be sure to show up and spectate, even if you don't want to run. If you come and watch, you will add to the really great atmosphere that we've been building over time, and we are really grateful and thankful for our spectators as well. So with that being said, we'll see you on June 4th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Hannah Arison of St. Cloud State hopped on a Zoom call with me the other night to talk about her final season of track and field. Hannah, who had previously competed at the University of Minnesota, grad transferred to St. Cloud State to pursue a master's in communication sciences and disorders and has spent her sixth and final year of eligibility competing for the Huskies. At the NSIC championships a couple weekends ago, Hannah won the heptathlon and qualified for this weekend's NCAA championships. It was incredibly impressive and maybe even a little bit gutsy because it was her only heptathlon of the season. And if she wouldn't have qualified for the NCAA meet, her track career would be over. Instead, she finds herself ranked sixth in the heptathlon heading into this weekend's NCAA championships. Thank you so much for listening. We are always so excited to share stories like this with you. And if you really enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're really excited because we've got the state meet coming up, so be on the lookout for some content. But until then, enough about us. Let's dive into the newest episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson, and today we're here with a very special guest. She's currently in her hotel room getting ready for the Division II National Championships in a couple days. Hannah Arison uh, is fresh off a conference win at the Northern Sun Outdoor Conference meet, put up a huge score in the heptathlon to qualify for the NCAA Championships, and now you are at Grand Valley State getting ready. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, I think you're actually the first multi that we've interviewed on the show. I was trying to think before we got started, but I think you're the very first multi. So. Oh, I'm honored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, good. So the question, just travel today. How, do you guys drive? Do you fly? What did, uh, from St. Cloud, is travel easy or is it more difficult? Um, yeah, this is my first time flying since being at St. Cloud. So we did fly today. Um, out of Minneapolis. Um, we did drive to Indoor Nationals, um, which was a long drive to Kansas, but um, was happy to fly. We were a little bit out of the kind of mileage. Um, so we were offered some plane tickets. So I was like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And I feel like too, it probably helps you do a lot of local meets. But yeah, I know like even some of the bigger schools with COVID and budgets being down, it's right. so much more likely to drive somewhere now and have those longer trips. But I guess like if, if nothing else, it's a good bonding with your teammates, right? 
Yes. Yeah. It was just me and my coach this time, but we did have a few meets that um, this outdoor season, we drove to um, Missouri. Um, that was a longer trip. Um, just trying to get some warmer weather. Uh, we haven't had the best weather this outdoor season. So um, we did do some longer drives and it did bring me back a little bit because um, I was um, used to flying in outdoor season because at the University of Minnesota, we did fly to like, we went to Florida and those Southern places, but um, no, it was a nice change. I kind of like, it brought me back to that team bonding atmosphere, driving and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you're the only one, um, so how many, just you and your events coach, is it anybody like a head coach along? Is there just how many people are in your travel party? Yeah, it's just me and my head coach at St. Cloud State. Um, Sam Kettenhoffen is our head coach here. And we do have a um, assistant part-time coach who works with the distance squad. But um, it is just me and my head coach here this weekend. Awesome. Very good. Very good. So one thing I was just shocked about, I had written a little bit about you in our newsletter uh, ahead of the NSIC championships. And one thing I noticed was that you hadn't done a heptathlon all season, and I wasn't sure if you were going to do it or not, if you were just focusing on some of the field events and maybe trying to qualify just in the javelin. But you did end up doing a heptathlon, and it went really, really well. You ended up scoring, oh, hold on, let's see, I had it right here. Yeah, you ended up scoring 5,205 points, which really isn't that far off of your hep PR. But yeah. the one thing that like always gets me as a multi is, I see some of these bigger schools or some of these guys that that save it to one multi and that's their one chance to qualify for nationals. And for me, I always just get anxious thinking about that. I was. So, so was that your choice or were you injured earlier this season or what was the idea between or behind just going to one chance and like one shot to qualify? Yeah, it definitely wasn't ideal. And it wasn't my um, kind of first um, pick of how we were going to attack this season. I did get injured right before indoor conference. Um, I wish I could say it was this elaborate sort of thing I was doing. I was walking to class and I fell on ice. Oh, and no. so I kind of tore some ligaments in my ankle. And so I didn't compete at indoor conference and I tried to pull it out at um, indoor nationals and I just wasn't ready. Um, and so kind of made it worse competing then. And so this whole outdoor season has just been focusing and just being patient and trying not to do too much um, too fast. And so I was planning on doing possibly Drake and we were like not ready yet. And I was like, we were trying to, I really wanted to like be in a good spot. So I didn't have that pressure at conference of like, got to put up a score. Otherwise it's my last meet ever. So um, I did have that pressure at conference and it wasn't, um, wasn't ideal, but it definitely kind of gave me that adrenaline. Like, Hey, let's, let's really put up something here to give yourself one more shot to compete. So, um, yeah, it wasn't the plan. Cause I didn't high jump the last time I, I jumped when I was at conference was at indoor nationals. I never went over a bar for mm. two months. And so, um, there was sort of those things. I was like, I gotta just trust myself. I've done this long enough. It's going to be okay. So yeah, that was <laughs> outdoor season. Wasn't what it was all I thought it was going to be, but ended up making it work. Yeah. So walk us through then the HEP at the NSIC championships. Um, I'm looking at some of your results, like individually marks in the HEP and 
it looks like you started it off. It was windy, so it doesn't technically count as your PR, but like you started <laughs> off with a really good race. And did that just set the tone for you or kind of take us through those two days? Yeah, definitely. So it was, it was so windy. It was insane. Um, and that was a crosswind. And so that wasn't even like what we were actually experiencing. Um, so that hurdle race was the fastest time I've ever ran in my life. So I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like I might, I'm giving myself a chance here. Cause in my mind, I know I've done multis long enough where I'm trying not to think about points the whole time, but I'm like, I know what I need to score and in, in each event to get there. So after the hurdle race, it really, it does set the tone. And so I was feeling good and feeling confident. And I was like, I only went off a five step for my high jump because the full approach was too much. Um, and so I was like, I just, you know, let's just get this, get this through. Um, don't want to really um, agitate um, my ankle too much, but um, got through that one. I wasn't super happy with the mark with high jump, but I was just trying to get through the day. It was so windy. Shot put was okay. I've been struggling with that event this year a little bit. Um, switched to the glide. That was my first time doing that um, this year. Um, wasn't it was a season best, so I was I was like can't be too mad. Um, mm-hmm. But that two hundred um, in the back of my mind, I I was very angry after that race. But I was just like, hey, we got a full day tomorrow. I'm feeling good about day two. I love day two. Um, but what had happened was we had long jump super early in the morning at nine 30 and the wind was so bad. Um, my coach and a few other coaches actually went out to go throw jab in the field. And my coach was actually javelin thrower in college, could not get the thing to throw, like get the thing to fly oh, man. within 120 feet. And so a women's jab, it was that windy and it was just, it was crazy. So they postponed the meet until I didn't throw jab until 7 p.m at night and then I didn't run the 800 until like around eight o'clock and so then in the middle of that I did open high jump indoors because the bar wouldn't even stay up on the standards so mm-hmm. it was a little bit wacky but in my how I work I kind of needed something to throw me off a little bit just to like relax and just kind of have fun with things and so overall like that javelin throw was a lifetime best for me and I've been I haven't gotten a lifetime best since high school. So um, that was awesome. And I really, I saw that I pulled ahead after Javelin. Um, and so I was like, all I need to do is stay ahead of second place and I'm home free. So, um, cause it would have been just icing on the cake to win, but the goal was to um, get to nationals. I was like, I would be happy as a clam if I got second and got to nationals, but mm-hmm. I mean, I was competitive and I obviously wanted to win, but, um, yeah, that day was a little bit off. Um, not running. It was like a 12 hour day. So it's crazy. So, okay. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but while I'm still thinking about the 800, how much time did you have to spare? Like how much of a cushion did you have? She had to beat me by seven seconds to pull ahead. And logistically I have a better PR than she does in the eight. And I know the eight isn't the strongest event. So, but you never know, everyone runs faster at conference and I was gonna go out like she was going to beat me. And so, um, I'm very, I'm kind of a stickler with my eight. I always stick with like a 34 pace, 34. So I'm comfortably at 68 around the four and then whatever I got left. Um, mm-hmm. and we came through at like 31, 32 for the first two and she was ahead of me. And wow. I was like, 
I was thinking like she she I'm just like oh, I don't know she's usually not up here so I was like I'm just gonna stay behind her and see what happens um but people ended up dropping because we went out fast and it was yeah. a beautiful night I'm really glad we waited um to run because no wind flag was down um so it was perfect conditions but um I ended up not running like my best time ever but given that um, kind of where I was at physically with training and stuff. I was pretty happy with it, but all I needed to know, I was like, I just need to stay ahead of her. Um, but yeah, I ended up beating second place by seven seconds. So it was kind of the, just passed the line, just sat down. I was like, I did it. (laughs) I want to go eat some food now. (laughs) Oh gosh. It was just a a tremendous amount of weight off my shoulders. Yes. Yeah. Like that, like I said, to qualify, give yourself one shot and to make it happen is so impressive. But um, one thing I, I wrote about too, is like, you definitely have the experience and how do you feel like that played into your favor? Like, it sounds like in the 800, some, somebody relatively new to the multi might've panicked if they had seen somebody out in front of them and mm-hmm. like gone and tried to kick them down and, and maybe thrown the race off for themselves. But how do you, do you feel like you use that experience going into this heptathlon and then more importantly like throughout it event to event to event i i knew that she um she's a fabulous multi a really good high jumper uh, from concordia st paul and uh she i knew that she was going to be leading most of the way and i was just like i just gotta kind of stay within reach because i knew in jab i could make up some points but overall um being that i've been through a multi quite a few times it did the mental toughness I have built up in that event. It's just because, you know, if like you get out of it, it's going to affect the rest of the multi. And I just was like, I got to stay in it. And also I want to have fun. I was like, if this is my last one, I want it to be like looking back. I was like, I had fun and I gave it my all. Um, so yeah, it was going into the 800 seeing that I was ahead that helped a lot because I was like, I don't want to come in and being told like, Hey, you have to win by so many seconds. That really puts a lot of pressure. I was told that one time and the person that I had to beat to make podium one time at big tens ended up PRing by like seven seconds. Mm-hmm. And so I have some like not great experiences with being told that, um, but having seeing the leaderboard and I'm not good with like seeing points. I'm like, I don't really want to see that if I don't have mm-hmm. to. Um, but I saw it up there and I'm like, okay, got some weight off my shoulders let's just I just gotta stay ahead of her that's all I gotta do so um yeah kind of reverted back to all everything I've learned in the past six years that I've been doing this and just um tried my best to stay calm and my coach was great with just having just normal conversations hey where do you want to eat after this or you know just let's just have some fun and um I, I told him I was like don't let me get up because I will just randomly start warming up way too early for an 800. I don't need to warm up for. Um, I was like, don't let me get up until like five minutes beforehand. I was like, <laughs> make me sit down so I don't start getting all anxious and doing all this mm-hmm. warm up and then tire myself out. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I I don't know. It seems like the last five multis I've done, whether they're decks or hats it always comes down to the last event and it's like I either have to beat someone by so much or I can't let them beat me by so much and one of these days I keep telling myself it I just it's got it's not going to come down to that but it seems like I'm in this bad streak right now and the, the last one was at Drake and it was like all right if you want a chance to win like 
you've got to. Yeah, I saw you did gotta, that one. I did, but it was like, yeah, you've got to beat this guy by like 30 seconds, which, <laughs> which like, if you're comparing PRs, like me, like, and if I would have PR by a little bit, maybe it could have happened. But I was like, this is, that's terrible. Like, that's awful. I don't want to do that. You know, it's a tremendous amount of pressure. And it's like, gosh, if maybe I wouldn't even been told this, who knows? Maybe I would have done it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, do I don't know. My best. And like, I always say this, I'm still here. Like I ran the 1500 and I didn't die. Like I'm still here. I'm still interviewing you. But it seems like before every 1500, you do just get that pit in your stomach. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is scary. Because it, oh. it, it's hands down the scariest event. It, it really, I can't imagine running what you, what you decks do. I just, that, that's a lot of laps, especially <laughs> indoors. Like I kind of like lose track of the eight indoors. I'm like, I fall asleep and, but yeah, that is just, it's such a, there's that pressure, that feeling is just not, I can't compare it to anything else. Like that right before the eight in the last event with you guys in the 15, it's like, there's nothing like it with that pressure beforehand. I feel sick. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like for you guys, the eight, it's not like that's that much shorter. And like the comparison to people always try to compare the hep and the deck, but like, oh, the, I wish we ran the eight. It's so much shorter, but like, it's so much faster though. Like that's it's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's all relative. Like, yes, it's a, half the distance, but you're running, you have to run so much faster. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So one more question about, throw like jumping inside and like the long delay so mm -hmm. how long was it you said you had a couple of events but between the long jump that morning and then the javelin so hep wise how long was that yeah so long jump 9 30 i was second flight so i jumped around probably 10 um but i we finished up i had time to go back to the hotel for a little bit before i had to get back to the indoor facility open high jump started at 3 30 um and then um kind of got my mind off things and then went back to the hotel to relax because they didn't want us to be out in the wind and so then um came back started warming up for jab around like 6 30 through around i was second flight of that so 7 30 ish and yeah that was a long day um, but wow, I'm just, <laughs> cause then I'm just like, I don't like to eat too much, like during a all time, trying to like, not feel too, trying to feel light on my feet before the age. And I was just like, absolutely starving after that 800, <laughs> but that finished up almost around nine o'clock. So yeah, that is a long day. Yeah, <laughs> it was, so, it was very long. So you found yourself on the podium twice and I know like, um, when I say podium, I guess I mean top three. I saw the pictures. I know they do all eight places at your guys' conference, but yes, um, yeah, you made the podium. You, like we said, won the hat, but you also took third in the open jab. Now, mm -hmm. I was thinking back to like your time in the Big Ten Conference at the University of Minnesota, and you probably didn't make the podium because I mean, not same top, thing. not top three, not no. top three. So, how good did it feel? Because the last time you would have been like the winner of like a really big meet like that would have been high school when yeah. you won a lot of state titles you were pretty familiar with being on the end of the podium but um how did it feel to just be like finally on top again you said it was a relief but tell me yeah. some of the other emotions that you felt it was I came into this year I tried to not put a lot of pressure on myself I'm just like been doing this a long time maybe I won't improve and I like 
try to not have the mentality of that, but I was thinking realistically of, you know, I'm, my grad program is really rigorous. I don't have a lot of time. The, the training I was doing wasn't the same with the injuries. And so, you know, I was really, I, and I wanted to prove to myself, like I'm doing this for a reason and I can, I can still do this. Um, so that relief of like, cause I, that was my goal. I remember writing down and we had a um, meeting with my coach and I was like, I want to get to nationals. I want to win conference. And so it was really cool seeing that all come to fruition and just like, you know, I, I put that out there, um, kind of had, was thinking realistically the whole time, like, Hey, getting old here, bones are getting, <laughs> bones are old. Um, but, um, it was really cool to see it all come together again and just feel like I proved to myself and I mean, proved to my parents and just like more or less, just, it felt good to just be up there and know that I can still do this. Um, because I mean, I love this sport and I love the opportunities and the relationships that it's brought me. And so, it, it was, it was awesome just up there and my mom being there and sharing it with me for the last time. Cause that was the last meet that she would see me do. So it was all a really special moment. Um, yeah, I'll remember that for a while. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you think like the biggest transition from D1 to D2? Because I'm sure a lot of people from the outside looking in would say, okay, she was at the big 10 at the university of Minnesota. Like she's going to go down and just like dominate D2. And like, maybe not even necessarily competition aside, like I'm sure there's some sort of transition. Like what has it been like this year to make that jump from a school like the University of Minnesota to St. Cloud State? Yeah, it was, I mean, there are so many differences. Um, the transition itself wasn't super difficult. My coach made it very easy. It was a very open and honest kind of conversation of like what I expect and kind of like, the flexibility that I'm going to need to make this a successful season. Um, I was used to a huge roster, a huge staff. And like, I was very fortunate for the resources and everything that I got at university at the university of Minnesota. And that was recognized when I came to St. Cloud state. And so I got to see kind of the, the differences and also the similarities. I mean, the atmosphere with the team um, is different just because there is no men's team at St. Cloud State. Um, and I loved having like the guys as teammates, like those are some of my best friends. And um, so I did miss that aspect of like the big team and kind of that family. Um, and because I practice with a lot of people all the time and I was always practicing by myself um, at St. Cloud State just because of my class schedule and things like that. And so I did miss that sort of kind of environment but um as far as like just the places that you go um are much different and uh meets meets are run differently um there are things that are I'm used to, like very strict kind of things that I'm used to and I remember my first meet at Mankato um I was used to doing kind of the open long open high and hurdles and having like usually it was like a two-day meet or like it was a long day meet where I would have time in between and it almost felt like I was back to running around Cushman Field, like trying to get to like the events. And so I had to really kind of adapt to that because I was like, I'm not it's like mentally, I was just like, I'm not I'm not used to this. Um, and I was kind of 
really humbled in a way of like, I am not ready. I need, I think I only can do two. I'm, I, I need time to kind of think about and just visualize and be ready for these events because there was times where I had to do a high jump quick and five seconds later I was in my hurdles like sprint spikes to do a hurdle race and I was not ready to do that and I was like I miss the multi I like the half hour in between <laughs> each one um but there's differences of like how meets were run and that I think that was the biggest challenge for me um but other than that it was like rather a smooth transition um in the way of like my coach was awesome with just hey what did you do for speed endurance workouts what were your tempo what tempo workouts did you do what days did you practice each event so we can make it as similar as possible so um it was great in that way but as far as that i d1 d2 yeah there's a ton of differences but i'm really thankful i got to experience both and appreciate both in their um, ways that they gave me so many opportunities yeah now one thing that i thought was so cool was you're the first saint cloud female to win the heptathlon since saint cloud joined or win the heptathlon in the nsic since they joined uh the northern sun in 2009 and then even cooler you won the newcomer of the championships or like newcomer (laughs) of the year so that's like what was that like to figure out that you won that award that was really funny to be honest. I was obviously very thankful and I was grateful for that um, recognition, but I was like, I have to be the oldest athlete to ever receive the newcomer of the year. Um, I thought it was quite ironic. And my, me and my parents are kind of um, chuckling about that a little bit just because um, I mean, I'm 24 years old. So <laughs> I'm like on my COVID year, I'm not necessarily a newcomer, I guess, obviously to the conference I am. Um, but it was great. It felt really awesome that like there are other, um, people in the conference that recognized me and that was, yeah, a really good feeling. It was awesome. That is, they need to get that in writing somewhere. Oldest newcomer of the year award winner at at 24. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is funny. This is, I mean, usually newcomers as in like freshmen, but my coach is like, yeah, we talked about doing like freshman of the year before, but. It's like, yeah, <laughs> newcomer at 24. Do you know who won the men's one? Like, was it an actual freshman that won the award on the men's side? I I don't know. I'm assuming it was. I did hear because my athletic trainers are also talking about how that was funny that I got newcomer because there was a baseball player at the St. Cloud State that got newcomer of the year, I think, for the conference. And he was quite a bit older as well. He but mm-hmm. new to the conference. And so I was like, at least I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was I assumed the track athlete on the male side was probably a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> So going into outdoor championships this week, you are ranked sixth in the heptathlon. And I haven't looked at the overall standings, but if you're ranked sixth, like, I mean, you've got a real shot at finishing in the top three and getting on the podium again and getting a a nice shiny medal. So just tell me, like, what, how have you prepared since conference? And then, like, what needs to happen this weekend for you to get a real shot at uh, finishing within the top three? I think, yeah, all American status, that is definitely my goal. Um, it, what I've done to prepare, it's kind of just the consistency. I didn't want to change anything. I didn't want to do anything extra, kind of have accepted the fact what I got right now is what I got. Um, 
I think what's really going to carry me through is kind of the adrenaline I'm going to have and like just the feeling like this is my last meet ever. Like I really want to go out with a bang. Again, that does provide some pressure with it, but also like, I'm just so excited to be here. I didn't think I was going to, um, especially how the outdoor season started. Um, I was like, this is a long shot that I'm going to get there. Um, so I'm just really thankful to be here. Um, but it's gonna, how I do, how I kind of perform well and feel some sort of satisfaction is like if I'm just relaxed. Um, if I start thinking about numbers, if I start adding things up, comparing myself to other athletes, it's it's gonna go downhill quickly. And the thing about this conference and being in division two, um, being new to it, um, I don't know a lot of the athletes. And so I haven't done, I don't know a lot of what they can do. Um, so I'm not like, oh, I get to javelin. I'm like, so-and-so does really well. I'm like, dang it. I'm like, I know she does really well in the 800. I don't know any of that. And that's actually kind of to my advantage because I'm just like much more relaxed. I do so much better when I'm just having fun. So this meet is kind of just the kind of grand finale of like my track life. And so I'm just gonna, I really just wanna have fun and look back and be like, wow, that was just what a time of my life. That was a lot of fun. That's kind of what I'm looking at and feeling about. So um, yeah, that's, do have a little bit of stress about hurdles. After hurdles are done, I'm like fine, smooth sailing, but that pressure right before hurdles, um, I'll feel that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well get through that event and then, you know, just crush everything else. And you just, you just like settle in and then, you know, mm -hmm. you ride the adrenaline, like you said. Right. Right. So coming into this weekend, then have you had a lot of your old teammates from the U of M texting you like congrats or like good luck or have you stayed in contact with quite a few of your old teammates? Yeah, I've definitely stayed in contact with a lot of them and it was super special. I was, um, university of Minnesota was hosting big 10 conference, um, on, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday last weekend. And so I was actually able to go on Sunday when I got back um, from conference in Aberdeen. And so I got to see a lot of them and it was actually, I didn't know how many people really knew what I was doing or knew that I was competing. And it was just overwhelmingly, like, it was so nice. Everyone kind of like just being so supportive and like, congrats, like I can't like, like I got to talk to old coaches that saw like, oh, I had a long jump PR and their long jump has been kind of a nemesis of mine, but it was just like cool to see people still following along and supporting me from a distance. And, uh, but yeah, I did actually have some teammates come to a multi that I did in January in Mankato to support. So definitely stayed in contact with them, but it, yeah, it was pretty special to just hear from them and see all of them be back at um, University of Minnesota at the home track. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. And when you get done, like this is your last track meet ever. And I know sometimes it's people say last meet of the season. When it's done, I'm going to like go to Dairy Queen and like get all the ice cream I can eat or I'm going to like go get the greasiest pizza I can find, eat all of it <laughs> by myself. Like, do you have anything that you normally do after a season and then if so like is it just magnified since this is going to be the end of your career um gosh I I wish I could say something cool and fun um 
I'm actually in school right now. So I like I don't, I would love to like go on a trip, um, do something really fun, but mostly it'll just kind of, you know, maybe I really want a huge ball of pasta afterwards. That would be awesome. Some like tortellini, some Alfredo sauce, some breadstick. Yeah. Um, something like that. But overall, like I don't have any huge plans, um, more or less, yeah, just kind of just take it all in. It's going to feel weird. I've never, I've talked to people who have graduated and aren't athletes anymore and kind of finding like their new identity. I've like, I've felt like track is like a personal identity of mine and it's been such a huge part of my life. So that part's going to be weird and not having that structure of like in the practice that I'm used to every day I've never had track without school so that that part will be really weird but um overall maybe I'll, I'll do some something to celebrate sometime not sure what it is right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like kind of the weird balance too like you want to you want to reflect a little bit but and yeah. like it's healthy to do it before like such a big meet but like mm-hmm. you're not you're not done yet you know and yeah I think the big thing too is like getting to to the championships like that's not the goal like your goal is to be an all-american and yeah so yeah don't be satisfied with being where you're at and, and get ready to rock and roll yes that's definitely the plan i i did i wasn't sure going into conference was gonna be my last one i was like who knows something crazy could happen could something could go wrong so i did write like a sentimental like goodbye letter to track and field and like a thank you note i was like let's just put it all down let's like go over like just reflecting after all these years and yeah I was like came back to it and I was like oh psych <laughs> like I got a little <laughs> bit longer <laughs> so um but yeah it's it's definitely been kind of emotional like last few weeks because I'm like I don't know if I'm done it's just kind of every meet is my last sort of thing so um yeah I'm just I'm pretty happy just to be here so yeah yeah so yeah, we'll get you on sometime. You can have a whole episode where you can reflect and talk about your entire career, but let's, we'll, we'll wait until after you're done this weekend. For sure. So I've got two more questions for you. One is like kind of a reflection question again, not so much of your career. And then one's just kind of fun and goofy. But okay. the, fir- the first one is whenever anybody finds out that you're a multi, there's always two things they say. Like one thing they say and one thing they ask. The thing they say is like, whoa, that's so many events. Or I've gotten the, oh, decathlon. Is that the one where you bike and you run and you swim? And So you get something like that. And then the question is always, what's your favorite event? What's your worst event? But instead of asking you that, I'm going to put a little spin on it because I'm not a simp like everyone else. But (laughs) what event are you most proud of? Oh, I like that one. Um. Hmm. I think I want to say hurdles. Um, hurdles has obviously, I didn't do that in high school. It was definitely a big challenge. I've had a lot of big falls. Um, I think that was the one that I saw myself have potential in, but I just could not really figure it out in a way. Um, but I'm just, I'm proud of myself in the way that I'm kind of, no, I'm, 24 and I still found a way to kind of PR and really had a little bit of a breakthrough. So um, I think I like it in the way because it's been such a challenge um, and I've kind of 
really had some moments of like, wow, like I'm proud of myself in this one. Like I did well. Um, like I've face planted at big tens. I've fallen into a wall before I've fallen on a hurdle before I've done a lot of crazy things in hurdle races. So, um, yeah, I think I've come a lot. That's probably the event that I've come the farthest in, which would make me probably the proudest. That's cool. Yeah. And I remember too, it was, this must've been the summer after your freshman year or maybe even the summer between like high school and college, you were out at Cushman field, like just doing drills. And yeah. I remember you like, were just like so focused. I remember like trying to like give you some pointers and some tips and you were I just do like, remember this. and you were like, I'm just going to figure this out. And like, and, <laughs> but how cool is it? And I love that about track and specifically the multi-events that you can be 24 and you can still have breakthroughs or you can be old like me and keep doing it. And like, you still yeah. like, you're learning new things every time you show up at practice. Yes, exactly. And that's what I yeah, love that about the multi. I love that about track. Yeah. Okay. So uh, one more real question before my kind of goofier one, but uh -huh. did you know you were going to be a multi? Like, because so many people get to college and they are going to do one event and then the multi kind of finds them in a way. But mm -hmm. were you recruited specifically to do the multi? Did you know that after your senior year? Yeah, there were a few colleges that brought it up um, just because they're a lot of them said because of I did volleyball and basketball and they kind of thought that the just the skills that come with that, they, they found that a lot of multis come out of being multi-sport athletes and they're like, let's try this. And because a lot of multis never did jav in high school. I was kind of had that um, bonus. And so let's just try it out. But yeah, I'm thank goodness that I redshirted because I was a mess my redshirt year. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I did know coming in that I was going to be a multi. Okay. Yeah. And you alluded to this earlier, but like six years of the multi, like a lot of training and like a lot, like how does your body feel after this? Oh, goodness. Oh, it was funny because I've obviously been dealing with this ankle injury um, all year. Uh, but I was, I always kind of have that like below the knee, got the shins, the feet, always just something's up. Um, but I brought up, um, I was in the training room and they're like, all right, anything else? I was like, can we look my hamstring? Also, my foot, my back. I was like, <laughs> bringing up so many different things. And my coach is like, are we, should I be concerned about this? I was like, I got one left. I probably have like three stress reactions, but let's just get through it. We'll be completely fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I just got one more. That's all I need. One so. more. That's it. Well, we'll be following you along like the whole way. We're really excited for you. Last question. I was telling my wife like who you were. I was like, yes, this girl went to my high school and she's got two brothers and like oh yeah and like one of her brothers is the one I was telling you about that kind of had like a breakthrough track season this year and then I was like the other one is a really good thrower and Tam and I talked about this on a couple episodes ago but how did you and your two siblings Jake and Logan you guys are all completely different in the realm of track and field Isn't so you so funny? yeah you did the multi and like I mean specifically like you threw jabs so that one overlaps a little bit with your youngest brother Logan, mm -hmm. but like you were a jumper and you ran on the relays, you were at four by four, you did some of the sprinting stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Jake is the tallest drink of water I've ever seen. And he's steeple chasing now and really good at 10 Ks. And I saw he even ran the Fargo half marathon the other day. Yep. And then your youngest brother, Logan, little, little shout out to at Arison throws on Instagram, but 
Logan is like leading the state in the javelin right now and is climbing up the record books and the discus and the the shot put and the jab at Red River. Like, how are you guys all so different? It is really funny um, because people have brought that up before. Um, just because like Jake is one end of the spectrum, Logan is one. I'm just kind of like in the middle. Um, but it is really because Logan has just seen Jake and I in track for the longest time. And I just remember Logan shaking jabs like when he was little and he really thought he was going to be a high jumper for a long time. Cause I was, and so he tried and tried. I'm like, you're just <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Let's try the throws. Um, but it's been really cool because we are just such a like track oriented family and we talk about everything. And my parents just obviously have been able to learn about the different events because of all of us. Um, and same with myself, like I didn't really know distance times until like Jake getting in at you NDSU and I don't know discus at all. Um, and so Logan's been teaching me that and just kind of like what it looks like, what's good, what's not. And so it's really cool in a way to like not have, um, cause obviously you get competitive with your siblings and stuff like that. Um, but it's also cool in a way that we just kind of cover a, a wide, wide array of track events in the family. Um, but for a long time, Logan did think he was going to be a high jumper. So I was just put that up there. <laughs> I think what you should do is there is like, an event every few years where every country sends 10 athletes and each one does an event in the decathlon i think oh. you guys should split that up you should do a deck and each of you one of you will have to do four but like three three and four and split that up and see what your total score would be oh that would be awesome yeah i think so cool pole vault might be a struggle none of us know how to do that <laughs> <laughs> oh man maybe that one you can get a tech you can sub someone out but yeah we'll need a sub for that one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your track career is not over. You still have to do that. So, you know, I might have to. I I'm planning on possibly being a GA um, this coming year, and you know, might need to be unattached. Just throw the jab once or twice. I just don't know if I'm ready to give it up yet. Maybe I'll feel differently on Friday. But um, I just I know a track will always kind of be a very very important part of my life, just with the family. And I don't know. It's just so cool. I love this sport. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's a sport where what's so fortunate is there's so many ways that you can still stay involved and give back right. over the years. So, yes. Well, Hannah, we are so grateful to have you on the show. It's been really great getting to chat with you and thanks for making time in such like a busy week too. You're, you're like literally there preparing. And so thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your schedule. No, thank you so much. It's been a blast. Yeah. Good luck. And you compete on, is it Friday and Saturday or is it Thursday and Friday? It was Thursday and Friday. All right. So if any of you are listening and you want to follow along, make sure that you find those results on Thursday and Friday. Good luck. Thanks so much.